Welcome to The Reconnected Mama, the non-parenting podcast for moms about moms. I'm your host, Megan O'Brien, a Midwest mom of three boys obsessed with living my best life and helping you do the same. After discovering that so many conversations for moms centered around parenting, family, career, or homemaking, I'm bringing you a different conversation, one that focuses on you because putting yourself first, mama, is not selfish. Together, we'll work on leaning into your inner voice to create clarity and action around living a fulfilled life, ditching mom guilt for good, and being the best version of yourself in both motherhood and life. Hello and welcome back to the Reconnected Mama podcast. I am so excited for today's conversation because I have had the pleasure of meeting Michelle, my guest today, in uh, just recently, I guess I would say we're more recent friends and we had such a fun conversation over on her podcast the uh, marriage and motherhood podcast. So I would definitely check it out if you enjoyed today's conversation and see what she's up to and what we talked about over there. But today I want to introduce you to Michelle Perda. Michelle is a marriage coach for moms, human design enthusiast, host of the marriage and motherhood podcast, and a married mom of three. She is passionate about helping women create the marriage of their dreams with their husbands by teaching them what they didn't get to learn from their parents, like healthy communication, emotional awareness, and living life for yourself. She helps women and couples thrive in their marriage while raising kids so they can enjoy their relationship while also modeling a healthy, successful relationship for their kids to look up to. I love all of that. It gets me truly excited because I think in this journey of my own through marriage and kids, I've just become more aware of how important your marriage is in your life with your kids and everything else. So I'm so excited to get into this conversation and welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I just had the best time in our conversation over on your podcast and I'm excited to continue that conversation today because I think for most women, right. Our, one of our goals in life is to have a thriving, passionate, uh, communicative, you know, whatever that looks like for you, but you would really want to have a thriving marriage. And, and so to be able to, like you said, in your bio, be able to embody that for your kids so that they can see that they can witness what a healthy relationship is and what that looks like for their future. I think that's so important and something that I've really focused on, especially these last several years. So I can't wait to hear your take on it today. And we're really going to kind of get into the meat of one of my core passions on this podcast and with this community is self-care and reframing what that idea of self-care looks like for women and moms, especially taking it out of kind of the societal views and norms of how this picture is kind of painted in social media and society and really making sure that we're stepping into it in a way that feels aligned with us. So if you would just kind of share, you know, the, the origins of how you got started in the marriage and motherhood, um, space and, you know, what that kind of looks like for you and, and how you got pulled into that. 
Yeah. So uh, I think pulled into it is the right phrase. (laughs) So I, my background is in psychology and I went the corporate route. Actually, I was doing human resources for a while, then on to project management. And I was already a stepmom prior to having my firstborn son. But after I gave birth to my son, the universe was pointing me in different directions, right? It was like, don't go back to work. You know, like they gave me a son who wouldn't take a bottle. (laughs) And I started seeing all these like random videos that made me fear sending him to daycare. So I was like, you know what? We're just going to figure it out. We're going to stay home. And that's what I did. I stayed home, tried to find different means of bringing in income because I live in the San Francisco Bay area. So it's a little pricey out here. And, uh, in the process of doing that, I started to really search for, you know, my life purpose. I wanted to have more meaning behind what I did. I didn't just want to work for anyone and just feel like I'm just helping someone else's bottom line or just feel like another cog in the machine. And so a friend had shared with me like, Hey, have you thought of becoming a life coach? I feel like you'd be really good at that. Well, I had never heard of a life coach at that point. And I was like, how could I possibly do that? I don't have my shit together. Like who would listen to me? Well, I had a chat with her life coach and apparently she was training life coaches to become life coaches. So I studied under her for six months and I started coaching people and, you know, it just kind of came naturally. A lot of women were coming to me about marriage And I was like, wow, that's so funny because in my past, I really struggled in relationships. I would have never thought that I would be guiding people on how to have more fulfilling, satisfying, and healthy relationships. But it makes sense because I literally had to go through it and I've learned from my experiences and and saw what didn't work and what did work and and grew myself and how I communicated, how self-aware I was. And that truly made a big difference in how I personally experienced relationships compared to what I learned from my parents growing up who ended up getting divorced, which by the way, was like the best decision for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like, I'm not against divorce at all. My goal for relationships and for, for women in relationships is that they're actually happy in it, right? And they know how to be happy in it. And I don't feel like a lot of us are prepared to do that. Like we are not equipped with the skills on how to have a healthy, satisfying, successful relationship. And I am trying my best to change that by teaching people the skills on how to do that and and let them know like, Hey, how your parents had their relationship does not have to define how you experience relationships, even in your immediate friend circle, even if you feel like, well, you know, everybody else around me argues like this. So I guess it's normal. I'll just settle and suck it up because Mm -hmm. I'm just complaining. It's fine. Well, I am not okay with that. And there is a way to experience relationships where conflict doesn't have to be a huge issue. It could just be an opportunity for you to grow closer together. And that is exactly what it's meant to do. But you have to know how to do that, right? And a part of that is first, like, knowing how to take care of ourselves. Because if we don't have the capacity to enter conflict, feeling grounded, knowing what we want and, you know, so on and so forth, we're not setting the conflict up for success. So self-care really is the foundation of a healthy, happy, and um, sustainable relationship. Mm. 
Yeah. I like could not agree more. I can't stop shaking my head in everything that you said. And I love that you point out too, in some relationships, yes, divorce is the the better way to go Absolutely. about things and that there's nothing wrong with that. And not every single relationship is meant to work out. So I like that you point that out because I don't know personally, but I would imagine that it could feel like this pull, right? Kind of this like dance or this tug of rope between do I continue to try to make this work if it doesn't feel right, if it's not working or, you know, do we say we've, we've done what we can and we need to just move forward in a healthy way. So I think that's a, a really good point to look at and to recognize, but then also saying, well, there is a way to reframe some relationships that can work and can become healthy, but we need to know how to do that first and foremost. So I let's get into this um, idea that you had touched on a little bit here, this idea of self-care and why that's so important first and foremost to bring that into the foundation for a healthy relationship. So can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So the most common experience of marriage after becoming parents is something that I think a lot of moms can relate to, right? You guys are having a great time being just yourselves. You get married and you're so excited about what the future holds. Then you have your first kid, right? And something about having kids in the family starts to change the dynamic of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Instead of the focus being on each other, the focus shifts onto the child. And it's almost like we get this like severe tunnel vision and it lasts for years. Okay. Things start falling away, like making time for each other, speaking kindly to each other, all the things that brought you two together, having fun, right? And all of that is a result of, you know, losing yourself in the marriage. You kind of forget what the point of the marriage is. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like, well, you're just my co-parent, but we happen to be married. You're no longer functioning as a couple anymore. Mm -hmm. And so instead of asking yourself, well, why are we here? How did we get here? Like, why aren't you meeting my needs and pointing the finger, trying to look outside? The question we really need to be asking is, what did I do to get us here? Mm-hmm. Not to take fault, but to accept responsibility for your part in it, right? Yes. And most times we feel lost in our marriage because we ourselves are lost. We have lost our identity as a woman We have lost our identity as a wife, as a friend, as a contributing member of society, and we have attached too much to the role of mom. And I blame society for this because we have too much pressure put on us to be this like, you know, Pinterest type of mom where it's like, hey, you're a good mom if fill in the blank. Right. right. You have to live up to these high standards and only then can you be considered or think of yourself as a good mom instead of doing what's true for you. What feels good for you? How does motherhood look and feel for you in a way that feels like, OK, I love this. This is totally sustainable for me. It's going to help me grow as a person instead of matching us up against this impossible standard, which You don't even know like these people have help or they're just built different. They have a greater capacity for certain areas. We have different skills. Like 
you have no idea what's going on. And so we have to take a look at, okay, well, I feel lost in the marriage. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if we're still meant to be together. I don't know if we just need to learn how to communicate better or we need to spend more time together. And shifting that focus back on, okay, well, how did I get us here? And taking a look at how you're different than when you were first married. Okay. You're going to notice that a lot of stuff that you used to do are no longer being done. So if you take a look at it from the experience of your husband, right, you're you're probably going to notice like, oh, she doesn't touch me anymore. She doesn't like do things with me for fun anymore. She's way too serious nowadays. All she's focused on is when do the kids need to eat? When do they need to go to bed? What chores need to be done? It's all very responsibility focused. And it's no longer about living life for life. It's about surviving, right? And so, of course, that's going to change a dynamic in the relationship because you no longer know yourself. You're no longer that person that you used to be that married into the relationship. And so naturally, he's going to stop doing some things because he's like, well, maybe it's not the season. He gets used to you not doing things and he gets used to not doing things. And the relationship just kind of starts to grow apart over time. Mm -hmm. And that intentionality that brings you together disappears. And what pulls you together is just the kids. And that should never be the case. Although it's understandable, and I completely went through that myself, mm-hmm. if you notice that's what's happening, this is where you need to like really like let your ears perk up and start to become more intentional in your relationship again. Because your kids, while they will like forever tie you two together, they're not what makes your relationship strong. Mm-hmm. Okay. You will forever be co-parents. But if you're not feeling like a couple, then this is time for you to do something differently about what's going on. Okay. So uh, things that you can look to, to find yourself again, is maybe just like stepping back on what pressures you're putting on yourself as a mother and start properly taking care of yourself. I don't mean just giving yourself a shower every day or however often you like to do that. Or, you know, like, I don't know, like painting your nails. I don't mean that type of self-care, okay? What I mean is actually checking in with yourself, knowing how you feel at any given moment, doing things just because they're fun. Like it serves no other purpose but for fun. Being spontaneous with your family, right? Like letting them see who you actually are instead of who you have become because you feel like you have to follow a strict schedule or be held up against this like crazy standard that doesn't even feel good for you to follow. Because what happens is when you don't take care of yourself, when you actually don't enjoy life and you're just feeling like every day is the same damn thing over and over again, it's like, okay, wake up, take care of the kids, do all the things, cook dinner, get them to bed and plop on the bed and then rinse and repeat, right? If you're not enjoying some aspect of the day for yourself every single day, this is a huge red flag for you because the impact of doing that or not having that, I should say, is crankiness, right? You're very irritable. You're going to have a lower capacity when it comes time to connect with your husband. You're going to have no desire to connect like physically, 
emotionally, uh, mentally. He can come by and like pat you on the butt to be playful. And you're like, don't do that. Right. Like, stop. You are so, so serious. Whereas before you'd be like, oh, okay, like, let's go. Or, or maybe you would do it back to him or you would laugh about it. Right. Like, Think about how you are today compared to before and what you can do to bring back those elements so that you can be the wife that has the marriage that you want, right? And when we are that level of like serious, it makes it really hard for our partners to open up to us. Mm -hmm. And it makes it really easy for us to nitpick them, which again, digs into that, like, it's almost like it's digging a grave for your marriage, right? You're like chipping away at the connection and you're not reinforcing it with more connection. So you're just like stripping it away without nurturing it. There's actually, uh, according to the Gottman Institute, who's like these uh, two uh, therapists who are probably the most like world-renowned researchers when it comes to relationships, they have found that in a relationship, like bad stuff happens all the time, right? Like get into fight, whatever. Like you have a bad day and you criticize your partner. Mm-hmm. Well, for every negative interaction, we actually need to have five positive interactions with our partner to like not only just repair what happened, but bring us back to where we were. So if you're constantly feeling in a place where you're not taking care of yourself, you're just kind of like drudging through the day, every day through like, the first six years of your kids' lives, and you're doing all this like criticizing, nagging, yelling, whatever it is, and you're not topping it off with connection. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, your love bank in your relationship is going to be negative. You're going to be in debt, right? So that's what I mean about taking a look at, okay, well, what have I personally done to get us here? It's easy to be like, well, if he would do this, then we would be fine. Or he needs to plan more dates. He needs to take on more in the house. Sure. But does that get you anywhere? Except for more negativity. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, all we can do is control ourselves. So take a look at what you have done differently. Who have you become? And what are the steps that you need to take to want to do all those things that you used to do? That's the magic pathway right there. And that's all through taking care of yourself, having the capacity to even do that. If you're burned out, there's no way you're going to be like, let me plan a date. You're going to be like, that's the last thing I want to do. I just want to go pass out in bed. I want to scroll on my phone and zone out because I'm so exhausted, touched out, talked out, like everything out. And I feel like self-care isn't talked about enough in the context of marriage. Oh my gosh. I relate to what you said so much. And just when you were talking about like those early years, especially your first child, right. When you're just in it and you're just in that survival mode and you're right. It's not, it's not an overnight, like we're great as a couple. And then overnight we're not, it's this prolonged over time, not being in those actions or having that connection that you used to. And I know, I mean, my husband will probably cringe if he listens to this episode, but I think in an effort to be honest, we had that, you know, happen in our relationship because you, you don't know any different. And like you said, you don't really realize that it's happening until several years later when you can go, 
whoa, wait a minute. How did we get here? How did we become essentially roommates in the same house? Because you're not focused and conscious of it. And I know it took us a lot of serious conversations just about, you know, how we got there and how we want to move forward. And for me, um, and him as well, it was like you said, getting really in touch with yourself one as an individual and figuring out what, what role I I know that was a huge mindset shift for me because before I I used to like to place a lot of blame, right? Like I was doing all the right things. Why aren't you doing the right things? And I really had to take a step back and go, well, what am I doing here to contribute towards this? And that really shifted my mindset and my perspective on the entire relationship because I was then able to be honest with myself and take responsibility for things that I was doing or not doing to contribute towards this kind of feeling of distance, right? Um, We still loved each other, but it was just this kind of feeling of like emotional distance, physical Mm -hmm. distance, because we were both just trying to survive in this life that we were figuring out as we were going about it. And we've implemented some kind of strategic questions into our relationship to really come back and, and recognize, okay, well, how are you feeling in the relationship? Do you have anything like that? Yeah, that suggest to people that you work <laughs> with or for couples, like some, you know, a few strategic questions they can ask daily or weekly to kind of come back to that connection, check in with each other, with how they're feeling, um, where they're at in that type of place. Yes, I do. So, The bigger question I ask my husband regularly actually requires there for there to be open communication first, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're not in that stage yet, I would recommend starting off with lighter conversations going forward to build up to it. Because Mm -hmm. if both of you are feeling like you're more of a, like in a shallow phase of open communication, it's Mm going to feel like, uh, what? Like, no, I don't feel safe answering that question. Yeah. Not that they'll say that out loud, but they're just like yeah. shrug it off or be like, we're fine, you know, but they're not actually yeah. opening up and, and speaking the truth and really mm-hmm. sharing it. So I think it's important to think about not ever fully knowing your partner at any point. Doesn't matter how long you've been with your partner. There's always more to learn because we're always changing. We are growing. We have new experiences, we make different choices, and and life itself changes us, right? Whether it's a positive or a negative, right? Yeah. We're constantly changing. And so just focusing on there's always more to learn about myself. There's always more to learn about my partner. So asking questions that don't lead to yes or no answers, right? Like, um, or even just like good, right? Like, how is your day? Good. Yeah. That's almost been like an automatic question we answer where we're not actually there to listen to their full answer. I feel like that's how society has shifted. Like mm-hmm. people at Starbucks, how's your date? Like you don't actually want to know how my day is. Like, why why do you ask that? <laughs> yeah, right. But anyway, that's a different thing. So things like, you know, oh, uh, things that are really specific. I do this for my kids too, by the way, right? oh, how's that project going at work? Like, is it almost done? Like just showing general interest on what they're working on, maybe friends that they hang out with, any um, like hobbies they have or 
like, you know, the lighter stuff, like, oh, what's something that you've been wanting to do lately, but you feel like we just haven't had the time to, so that they feel like they feel like you are listening to them. Not like you guys are just doing life in parallel in the same home with the same kids, but more so you're stopping to actually pay attention and see them, Mm -hmm. be present with them and, and use that information to build your relationship. Okay. Once you've had a steady um, period of time where you feel like, oh, his answers are actually becoming more deep and I feel like I'm getting a better insight into him and you as well, right? Like do, do the same for you. Then you can start to ask this question that I like to ask my husband on like a probably like quarterly basis. I don't have like a reminder or anything. I just know to do this because it's become such a habit for us. It's like, Hey, how does it, um, like, how does it feel for you to be in our marriage? It's almost like, okay, so this is like my HR background, right? It's like a 360 review. If you have worked with a manager that does this, what that means is you review yourself and you review your manager. Okay. So like, um, and, and then vice versa. So Mm -hmm. from this question, it's more of what's been going well for you in this marriage. What hasn't been going well for you that you would like to see change. Mm -hmm. So that's why you really need to build up that open communication, because if you haven't built up that emotional intimacy, that vulnerability, that latter question is going to be really hard for you to listen to, as well as hard for either of you to disclose like, oh, actually, you know, I've been feeling kind of burned out and, or I've been feeling really disconnected from you. I would really love to set aside, you know, two nights a week where after the kids are in bed, we hang out like outside of watching a show, right? Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't happen if that closeness isn't built and steady, right? But anyway, that's a question that I ask regularly and, you know, you got to just like, zip it when it's their turn so they can feel like really seen and heard and you don't get defensive. You're just like, oh, okay. And you get curious and you ask more so that you can take that information and be intentional about what you do going forward. And then of course you get your turn, right? And being able to really just like claim what it is that you're feeling without blame, without mm-hmm. criticizing, but really just having an open, honest conversation about like, yeah, these are the things that go are going well, AKA I want these to keep going, right? And these are the things that I um, am missing lately and just like lay it all out there. Right. So that I think is really important because most couples just assume a lot. They assume that things are fine and there's like this unsaid understanding where it's like, oh, once the kids are independent, moved out, then we will have time to ourselves. But what couples don't see happening is while you're waiting for that time, for that like ideal time, your marriage is slowly falling apart. And when those kids go away, the buffers are gone. And you're left, if you're still married, with a complete stranger that you don't know how to connect with. You're like, I don't even know what to talk to you about because we don't have people interrupting our conversations. We don't have anyone else to tend to. I don't even know what we have in common anymore. What do we do for fun again? Like, it's really awkward. And what I love to, to help couples with is avoid that. Mm-hmm. If you are constantly nurturing the marriage, you'll never get to that point where you're like, uh-oh, 
I don't, I don't, what are we doing here? Right. If you still have a life that's intentionally connected, mm-hmm. that's not going to be an issue. You're going to be celebrating when the kids are out, obviously with like, you know, some sadness because you're like, oh my yes. God, I'm going to miss my kids. But it's more like, oh my God, look at all the free time we have. What are we going to do? Right. Like, if you can feel that way when your kids move out, you know, you've done something well. Mm, gosh, I love that so much. And I, I really loved how you explained it at the beginning of the question too, where like, you can't just jump right into no. like, <laughs> we've been emotionally separated or, you know, distant or whatever, kind of growing apart unintentionally usually is the case. Right. And then you want to jump into these like serious, heavy conversations and I love that you brought to light that that's not a good place to start and that you need to create that safe space again to have these heavier, right, conversations yeah. with your partner because it is a lot when you're going through that early part of parenthood and then you're like, wait a minute, you know, we're feeling distant or disconnected or growing apart or whatever that looks like for you and kind of starting that foundation small by just asking some of those little bit deeper questions more than how was your day. Right. And then continuing to build on that consistently by giving them, you know, even those 10, 15, 20 minutes of asking, uh, you know, some of those little bit deeper conversations, but then that can grow into that safer space to really kind of have these, they're vulnerable conversations. And even with someone that you're married to and, you know, you have a a deep relationship, those conversations can be really, really hard. So I really love that you said that because I think that's absolutely been the case for me and in my marriage as well as, yeah, we, we couldn't just jump into these heavy conversations, right? Cause it just felt like, Oh, wait a minute. What's happening right now? Like this, this doesn't feel right. And then you don't get that honest, vulnerable, open communication because there's still kind of that hesitation or those walls up. So, um, it has taken us time to ask some of these heavier questions and have some of these deeper conversations, but I will say I've never felt more emotionally connected because we've been able to be intentional and consistent about that. But like you said, also really coming from a non-judgmental place. And I think that was really hard for both of us. Um, just using, you know, myself as an example and however anyone else can see themselves in this same picture, but to, to not instantly want to defend yourself or your actions, but really listening to what they have to say and how they feel and taking that into account without judgment. And for me, like I need to kind of sit and digest and chew on that for a couple of days and then come back to it from a neutral standpoint, because it can be a really hot button issue in the moment, right? When you're feeling like, well, how can they say that? Cause I've been doing X, Y, Z and you can instantly defend what you're doing or how you're showing up, but being able to put yourself in their shoes and really be honest with how they're feeling and not take it personally, but be able to use it to grow if that's what your intention is for your relationship. And like you said too, I mean, I know for us, and maybe you have some other suggestions, but uh, it it doesn't take a lot to reestablish that connection once you've 
had those, those, you start to lay that foundation. Once you start to kind of ask those questions and get deeper on the answers and, and really come back on a united front. But for us, like we don't get out often. It's not like we have a weekly date night. That's something we aspire to. It's just not possible for the season of life we're in right now. But like you said, coming together a couple times a week, even or in the car if we're driving to like a tournament for one of our kids that's, you know, several hours away, but really taking the time that we have in our day-to-day life and making the intention to connect and have that conversation without distraction, without, you know, we love watching a good Netflix series together, but then, you know, taking a night or two to just have everything off, sit face to face or whatever that is and have some of those deeper conversations. And sometimes it lasts for hours. We don't even intend to stay up that late, but we we just get in it. And it can be just those simple things that it doesn't take a lot, but being consistent and being intentional about creating those opportunities to connect with one another. Absolutely. And I love that you kept using the two words, intentional and consistent, because those are vital if you plan to be married happily for a really long time, because it's not, like you said, it's not something that you can just decide. It's like, okay, we're connected again. Like if only if that was that simple, but it's, it's not unfortunately, right? Like it's a relationship. So it's kind of like taking care of a really complex plant. You have to kind of just be flexible and agile in, in knowing like, okay, what's going on right now? Are we connected? Are we not connected? Okay. Uh, where can I be more intentional about it? Obviously it's not meant to be a full-time job, but it doesn't also mean that you should just let it sit there and die. Right. Cause it, it will. And it, and it has for a lot of couples after having kids and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. I myself don't even go on weekly dates because again, it's not feasible for us as well. And so does that affect how connected we are? No, like it's less fun because we have like kids around or like we're a little more tired at the end of the day, but we're very intentional about how and when we interact with each other and and what we're doing. We are taking the time to actually meet each other's gaze, to talk to each other. We are actually listening to each other. We are being kind to each other. We are doing things just to be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. There's so many different ways that you can show love that don't require you to have hours on end on top of raising kids and taking care of the house and working and whatever your day-to-day life looks like right and and what's awesome about it is like as soon as you have that connection established it's more about maintaining the tough work is done but if you're if you're living life where it's like okay, well, I wake up and I do my own thing and I take care of the kids and he takes care of whatever. And, and, you know, when it's time for bed, we're each facing opposite sides of the room in our bed, scrolling on our phones and then, okay, good night. And then you just go to sleep. Like, of course, that's not going to build intimacy in any way. Or if he like attempts to be physical with you and you're just like not feeling it, of course, you're not feeling it because you're not connected right? Like feeling connected affects your entire relationship. People focus so much on communication. Okay. Knowing no, uh, knowing what to say to have healthy communication, knowing how to approach communication and all that is important. Mm-hmm. However, 
if you're disconnected and you have those skills, it doesn't even matter because the way we have capacity is grown through connection. We are more willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, more willing to listen, more willing to be vulnerable. There's so much that goes into it and it just helps it. But when we're feeling disconnected, we're kind of just like weary about what they're saying. We're we're like trying to look for what the underlying meaning is. It's like, how are you criticizing me by what you're saying? What am I doing wrong? Like, what are you saying? And and you're going to bring stuff up about what they've done and find flaws in, in, in their past so you can bring it back up. And that disconnect then makes it a competition rather than a collaboration. And so focusing on how can we stay connected or how can we reconnect is really the key to resolving or getting closer to resolving those communication issues that you think are the issue. Okay. Cause if we don't have that foundation of connection, it almost doesn't matter how hard you try. Cause you're just not going to get there. And how can you feel connected? You had to connect with yourself first, mm-hmm. taking care of yourself, right? Like bringing it back full circle. You're not going to have the capacity to connect if you feel like oh, I'm too tired. I don't have the energy or we don't have the time. You do have the time. Maybe you're doing things that aren't, they're not contributing to your life the way you want it to. And you're just doing it because you feel like you should, right? I always tell my clients, the way you shape your life is up to you. You decide what you do, what you don't do, when you do it, how you do it. Okay. And, and how you feel about it. So if you give yourself back that power of choice, you'd be really surprised by how much simpler life can feel. Not saying easy, but simpler. You don't have to do all of the things. You don't have to be like the mom that says yes to everything. When you come back to yourself and, and choose how you do life in your family, that's a form of self-care. Like, hey, we're only going to do like one sport at a time because when we do five We feel like we're like chickens with our heads cut off. I'm yelling a lot more. We never eat together as a family. Like you have to make decisions for your family with your husband as if you're the boss because you are, right? It doesn't matter what other people have to say. It doesn't matter what your parents did. As long as it feels good for you as a family and and you are getting closer to being that person that you want to be most days right? Like the fun, lighthearted, caring, patient, compassionate, funny, whatever type of mom you want to be. If all the things are lining up to help you be that, that's the right path, right? So stop comparing yourself to your neighbors, to your friends, to your parents, because they're different people. And who knows, they're probably like secretly miserable, right? And, and focus more on, does this make me feel more anxious Or does this make me feel free and light and enjoy life, right? And so all of it's connected. The more connected you are with what you want and how you make decisions to support that lifestyle, the more able you're going to be to connect with your husband, which then impacts the family, right? The family dynamics, the the lack of tension will be so much better to be around, right? Like a sense of like harmony in the home. Like, oh my gosh, that is so different than feeling like, oh, mom and dad are fighting, even though they're not arguing in front of us. Like 
the air feels really thick here. Yes. And I feel like I have to walk on eggshells so I don't like upset someone. Yeah. Kids can feel that. I mean, they're incredibly intuitive and I think, you know, what you said is just going back to it over and over. Cause I don't think there's, I don't think you can say it enough, right? Like you can't focus on it or highlight it or prioritize it enough, but it's, it's self-care knowing yourself having the choice in how you show up, knowing what your values are, knowing what your beliefs are. It all starts with you. It always starts with you. And if you're not centered there, if you don't know what those things are, if you don't know what your goals are for yourself or your family for the next, you know, few months, year, three years, five years, if you don't know what your values are and what you hold important, you're it's, it's going to feel hard and chaotic interacting with the people around you because you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what I want, but this doesn't feel good. And this doesn't feel good. And I don't know about this. And once you're centered in, like you said, choosing how you show up for yourself and your life, and then being able to overflow that into your relationship, you know, and then taking that too, I think one of the things that's been so helpful is once I understood how what I wanted and how I wanted to show up and how I operated. I know we've talked about this in your podcast and you said it in your bio, human design enthusiast. I've talked about it on this podcast before, um, but I think it's huge. I think knowing how you operate in the world and human design is an incredible place to start and really explore that. If you're, if you don't even know how you best operate in the world and what you need in order to thrive, that that's a wonderful place to start. And then also, I think looking at that from your spouse's perspective, you know, how are they, how do they show up in the world? An example I can give is I, I need a lot of alone time to release a lot of like energy and just recenter. And and that's like in my room, like reading or watching a movie by myself, like away from my kids, away from my husband, like I just need to be alone and he doesn't operate that way. And he doesn't understand, like if we go out or have engagements where there's a lot of people or activity, or we're in these tournaments and we're allowed around a lot of like people and energy that when I get home, I need to just be alone and he doesn't operate that way. So we've had to have conversations of like, he thought I was just isolating myself and not wanting to be part of the family. And that wasn't the case. It was like, I feel really drained and tired and I need to just reset myself. And like, so having open conversations about, well, these are why, this is why I'm doing these specific things that maybe you don't understand why I'm doing that. Or maybe you have a different perspective on what that looks like, but opening up the conversation of, well, here's how I'm feeling. And this is why I do these things. And then flipping that and understanding for their aspect, from their point of view, if maybe there's things that drive you absolutely crazy, like pet peeves. And you're like, I don't understand why you do this. Like this drives me up the wall, but then having a deeper conversation and getting to understand why they do what they do. And if there's a reason or, or specific point behind it, like if it's something that helps them reset or, 
you know, they need some time or they have to, you know, do this or that or whatever that looks like, but understanding them from how they are designed to show up in the world and supporting that so that they in turn can support you and the way you need to show up and what you need in order to live your best. And then having those open communications to say that to one another, here's how, how I'm feeling. Here's what I need. Here's, you know, like, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Or do you have any suggestions because I'm going through this or feeling this way or whatever, and having connection points that way too. And then being able to relate to them in a place where you understand how they're designed and how they show up and then how you can both thrive off of that, if that makes sense. It does. It does. And I mean, human design is one form, right? I think at the end of the day, the more you know about yourself, the better, because your relationship with yourself, which involves like knowing yourself, what you feel, what you like how to hold your emotions, process them, Mm -hmm. translate them, right? Like really understand what they mean Mm -hmm. and be able to communicate all of that after all that experience Mm -hmm. is going to define how successful your relationship feels because otherwise you're just kind of assuming that your partner is going to be reading your mind. You're going to be disappointed. He's going to feel like what is up with her. She's impossible or feel like a failure, which (laughs) yeah, she's crazy. Um, which all doesn't lead down a good path, Mm -hmm. right? So focusing on your relationship with yourself, really does set the path for all other relationships to succeed because it always comes back to your relationship with yourself. If you're not able to set boundaries, I can tell you what that means about you, what you need to do more of. If you're not able to communicate, um, you know, what you need or don't even know what you need, it tells me something about your relationship with yourself. If you're not able to go do something for yourself and you're waiting for permission, that tells me something about yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you pause and reflect more and and consider, okay, like what am I doing to myself? How am I helping myself? What is it that's going on inside of me? All of that is going to make it easier for you to confidently communicate with your partner from a stance of this is my experience, not, well, you made me feel this way and I'm unhappy because you did this. It's, It's very different right? When you're sharing your experience versus blaming, he's going to be more motivated to listen in, in the former example than the latter, right? The latter is just going to be like, he's either going to get defensive and fight back, or he's just going to tune out and and want to leave or whatever it is that his go-to response is. So your job is to know yourself so well and be able to articulate it in a way that takes full responsibility for your part in it. And then allow the relationship to just have this dialogue, Mm -hmm. right? You laying all the cards out saying, okay, well, here's, here's where I'm at. Where are you at? What can we do to solve this problem together so that we can move Mm -hmm. forward? But all that starts with your relationship with yourself. I mean, it affects how you are as a parent, how you are as a daughter, a family member, a friend, an employee or a business owner, all of it. So I really feel like everybody needs to start there. And I really wish everyone was taught this in school, but it's not. And so here we are. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And so to kind of tie up this beautiful conversation 
I feel like I could just talk about this for hours with you. Um, but to kind of tie it into a bow and pull it all together, can you share what you noticed about your marriage once you started to put yourself first? Cause I think that's, that's the, it, we, we keep saying this the first step, but I think it's also the hardest step, right. Totally. Is like learning to put ourselves first when we haven't ever before. And like you said, society tells us otherwise. Mm-hmm. So once you kind of took that first step and, and started to really step into that, what did you notice about your marriage when you started to do this? Yeah. I started to notice that we connected a lot easier. Things were so much more fun and playful. Um, Not only that, but like even in my relationship with my kids, like we're closer, we talk more, we laugh more, we play games. Like I just have a greater capacity for my loved ones. Whereas before I would be yelling a whole lot, not to say I don't still get to that point sometimes, but it's a lot less. Um, I'm more receptive to my husband flirting with me. Whereas before I'm like, don't bother me. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like I'm doing stuff. Leave me alone. Don't touch me. Right. Yes. Um, I'm flirting back with him, you know, making jokes, texting him throughout the day, like sending him funny things, just like intentionally noticing like, oh, we can connect over this. Let mm-hmm. me share it with him. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's been so much better. And, and actually my sister's graciously has uh, gifted uh, me a trip to Disneyland with my husband. And here's the biggest thing like that I can realize about that is, you know, had we not started to connect more easily, had I not taken care of myself or or understood how to take care of myself and regularly do it, I would have been like, "Um, what about the kids? I I don't know if that's a good idea. And then even maybe like not say certain things that I'm thinking like, oh, I'm kind of like nervous about hanging out with him for an entire weekend. Like, what if we get annoyed of each other? What if we don't know what to talk about? What if we get in a fight? What if, you know, but instead I'm like, oh my God, we get time to ourselves without kids. Can you just imagine? Like, we don't have to change. Like, we don't have to like run anyone to the bathroom. We don't have to like be conscious of what other people want to eat. We just can go eat what we want. We can like run through lines and not have to drag people because they're like tired and they don't want to walk anymore. We don't have to push a stroller. Like it's a different mentality. You're like coming mm-hmm. from a place of excitement and, and gratitude rather than like thinking about all the things that would make it difficult and how awkward and anxious you might feel because you haven't spent time connecting, right? That all comes from me taking care of myself because I've grown my capacity, my bandwidth to be able to be the wife that I want to be in our marriage, right? We can have conflict without it turning into arguments. Like, I mean, it's endless. Yeah. I like that example that you give. We can have conflict without it turning into arguments, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you're never not going to continue to go through your marriage and not have conflict, but you're right. I think you're able to move through it in a healthier, faster way. Yes. And if you're coming from a place of disconnect and isolation and blaming or, you know, pick your flavor, whatever's kind of happening or reoccurring in your relationship and, I think that's such a good point to make that there's going to be conflict, but doesn't have to turn into this giant argument by any means. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, now we're like, I, I like to, to say that 
um, our communication style has evolved and that's, that's the goal, right? Yeah. It's, it's not to avoid conflict or even like, I guess in some ways you can prevent it, but that's not really the goal here. The goal is like, okay, what are we here to learn about ourselves and our relationship in this moment? Because mm-hmm. this is being highlighted, like underlined, highlighted, capitalized everything. Right. Yes. So what, what's going on here for you? What's going on for me? And it just can just be like a, a little more passionate or spicy conversation versus like this thing that, that turns into this like conversation that spirals and becomes yeah. about something else entirely rather than what was actually the issue, like hanging on to every word and, yes. and starting to like bring up the past and, and become this circular conversation that doesn't mm. ever get resolved. And then you have that awkward like phase after you are done arguing where you're yeah. like, Oh, we feel really raw. I don't yes. like you right now, but I want to get back to normal, but I'm not ready yet. And you kind of like dip your toe in to see if yeah. you're okay. You know, <laughs> yes. Just- you get yes. to cut all of that out. Yes. So if you feel like you don't have time to connect, like, trust me, if it's going to reduce all of that time mm-hmm. spent, the hours of arguing, the awkward tension, you have time to connect because that's what you get to replace it with is like fun and feeling close and feeling like, oh, I feel secure in my relationship, right? Like that's what's waiting for you. Yeah. Yes. That security. Exactly. Because I think like you said, it, it, it can be simple and you can start simple. It doesn't yes. need to be overwhelming at the beginning, but you just start simple and making those little simple connections, however that looks like and feels like in your relationship, because everybody kind of knows what feels good for them. Right. And it, it can be, like you said, that simple, not, not necessarily easy, but yeah. simple in starting and building that. So I love that. I love this conversation. Uh, Before we get into where everybody can find you, one final question I like to ask is going back to who you were a few years ago, you know, when your son was, was little um, or your kids were smaller because I know you're a mom of three. Um, a few years ago when you were kind of lost in all of that feeling like there was a pull for you kind of shifting in the, that dynamic and trying to figure out all that out, what advice would you give now where you are now to that mom that's in that place that you were a few years ago? I would say if life feels really hard for you right now, Stop and take a look at how you are doing it to yourself. A lot of it is self-induced, not on purpose, obviously, but there's a lot of choices that we make as women that are not right for us. Mm -hmm. That adds a lot of stress, pressure, just crap onto our plate that we really don't need to. And I think that comes from making decisions to fit in instead of really honoring what we need, what we have the capacity for, what we want. I think just be true to yourself. That's really how you can live a life that feels really fulfilling is to stop looking outside of yourself and start really checking in like, hmm, what would an ideal day look like for me? What brings me joy? I should go do more of that. 
So, so good. So where can we find you, Michelle? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is actually in my Facebook group. It's called Marriage and Motherhood, just like my podcast. It's a private community where it's all women getting together, working on becoming more intentional in their relationship so that they can have the marriage that they desire, right? Like one with open communication, with deep connection and joy, right? Like getting back to the whole reason why you got married, right? Like before the kids started doing their thing and and before you unintentionally became who you are today. So all about um, inspiring and motivating you and, and supporting you to have the marriage that you desire and deserve. Um, I also have my podcast like you, you shared, um, check it out there. Um, I share a lot, um, there I have weekly episodes about communication, connection, all the things that, um, I think will help you have a better marriage. And uh, I'm also on Instagram and that's, uh, at Michelle Perda coaching. So wherever you feel like connecting, I'm happy to connect with you, see how I can support you, share some resources. So don't be shy and reach out. I love that. I will share all of your information in the show notes so people can easily find you. And like you said, connect with you in the place that feels most aligned and good for them. So thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I, like I said, love this conversation. I love chatting with you every time we have the chance, because I think like you said, this is just more of conversations that women need to hear so they know that they are not alone in what they're going through and that there is a way through the darkness and we're just here to support them. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm so grateful that you chose to spend this time with me today because I know firsthand how valuable your time is. If you're on Instagram, it would mean the world to me if you shared the episode, tagged me, and told me what you loved about today's conversation. This community was literally built for you, so I want to know what is resonating, what you want to hear more of, and what your current challenges are. If you want to connect further, head on over to thereconnectedmama.com to learn more about this community and how we can work together. Remember, Mama, you deserve to live your best life, so don't settle.